0: read this in my devotions a couple of days ago and kept coming back to it and a lot of the messages that I've been preaching here lately have come out of my devotions and God laying different things on my heart and, and uh, this was one that uh, yesterday I read and and uh, just was praying and asking Lord, Lord you need to help me and, and give me something for Sunday night and want to um, Be a blessing and and something that can help. And I I read Proverbs 15 and verse 6, and we're only going to focus on the first half of this verse, but Proverbs 15, 6 says, In the house of the righteous is much treasure, but in the revenues of the wicked is trouble. I want to read the first part of that again that we're going to focus on tonight. In the house of the righteous is much treasure. I I um. I guess I'm burdened for our homes today, our families today. I, I see so many that are uh, just uh, reeling uh, in uh, sin, uh, dysfunctionality, um, just completely lost and directionless, and and uh, I, we just need to. Uh, make sure that we stay with the basics and i I see that in christian homes as well as i see it in uh, unsaved homes where there just seems to be such a um, uh, disconnect from from what their family truly ought to be and there's a disconnect with the scripture and just the application of it and so tonight and i know that it's a uh, preaching to the choir, you may say, because you guys are here. I mean, it's Sunday night, and here you are, and making that effort to be here, and, and uh, uh, you guys are the ones here on, you know, the other services. You're involved in the ministry. I'm sure you're involved in your homes, and and but it, it is good to be reminded of this. I was speaking to a friend today, I talked to Brother Gary Norris, and he um, is back in Kentucky right now and he said that he was uh, in a church this morning and the the church had, had an outreach over the weekend uh, to reach out to the homeless. And so they rented a community center or whatever that has a kitchen and the church family goes in, they cook a big meal and they feed all of the homeless for the day. They help meet some of the needs they have, whatever they may be. And he was telling me that one of the, one of the gentlemen that, that came in that was homeless at, at one time had been a high school teacher in one of the Christian schools in Lexington, Kentucky and now was homeless. And it, you, you just wonder, how do you, how do you get there? How, how do you get from point A to point B uh, in, in your life and And end up homeless. I, I mean, he he said that I think he told me that there was another gentleman in there that had been a college professor and was now homeless. And we're so not not everyone out there destitute is uh, someone that, I, I don't know, just you might think, never had a chance and grew up in an alcoholic's home and and followed the path of his uh, of his parents, and drugs, and living in the gutter, and you know, you think many times that's what homeless are, but there's many that aren't, and, and uh, you just wonder how you get from point A to point B, and so I ask you that as, as we read this tonight, and as we give some thought to this, I, I picture some things in my mind as we go through this, and what, what kind of home do we want? And what kind of family do we want? What, what is it that? And and really, more importantly, what is it that God wants? What, what kind of family does God want? What, what does He want us to be behind closed doors, where uh, no one else is around? It's just us. It's our family. And what is it that God wants? And so let's give some thought to this. This statement: "In the house of the righteous is much treasure." So let's give thought to two things, the house and the treasure. First of all, let's give thought to the house. And it tells us here, in the house of the righteous. Let's think about some different houses, all right? In the scripture, I I went and and looked some of this up and giving thought to different homes. And and if you uh, uh, want to, you can go forward into later in the Old Testament to the minor prophets towards the end of the Old Testament into the book of Haggai and so towards the end of the the minor prophets right before you get to the New Testament and you'll come to the Zephaniah then Haggai and Haggai we see that uh, the prophet was was uh, uh, preaching and telling the the children of Israel that uh, they have not prioritized God where he needs to be and uh, here is what he says he tells us in verse four he says, "Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste?" And he's talking about the 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 house of God and and a sealed house. What they used at the time uh, uh, to like your your what we have is drywall, and and uh, would do different designs. And during that time, they had their own type of designs on their walls, and they would. Uh, fix that up and very expensive and very extravagant different designs they may have on their homes and they would spend a lot of money on that and and here he's talking about that it's time for you that you're going to dwell in your sealed houses but the house of God lies waste and 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 here we, we think of the luxurious homes that we live in and 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 what kind of home do we want do we want this home where Mom and dad are, are working 60 hours a week, both of them, and and they are uh, trying to make ends meet. And now they're really stressed out because of the the gas prices are getting high. They have, you know, they have their credit cards maxed out. They have, you know, they're driving a $100,000 pickup with an $80,000 camper with a $60,000 boat. And they, you know, they have the four-wheelers and they have all the other uh, things that, that the the smiths have down the down the street and they're uh and i'm not picking on you guys i'm just it's a, just a common general name okay <laughs> the johnsons all right joneses yeah it's the joneses right we got joneses in the church too you know you just gotta be careful here all right you know what i'm saying all right and so it, you, we're just all trying to stay up with nelson I'll just leave it at that he can get picked on he'll be all right and, and but but here we, we have this I mean we have this in our in our society today we have where, where everybody is chasing what they call the American dream where where they can have all of these things and and what is it that gets neglected first of all it's not your family that gets neglected the first thing that gets neglected is your time with God you're too busy to sit down and have your devotions. You're too busy to have a prayer life. You're too busy to sit down and have breakfast with your children or your your wife or your husband. You're you are too busy. You're working too late where you can't sit down at night and have dinner with your family and you're you got all these other things that are going on around you. There's chaos in your family. You you have your wife going one way, you have your husband going the other way you have your kids going every other direction and then uh, ultimately you end up letting the 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 telephones and the computers raise your children or the used to be the television now it's not the television it's as much it's the computers right and, and and then all of the social media apps that they have and and all of the things that they're they're doing there and and they're living in this luxurious house but we see that this has become their priority, and God gets neglected. Well, I'm telling you that God is a jealous God, and God is a perfectly jealous God, and He has every right to be jealous, and He can do so without sinning, and, and He will not be put in second place, third place, fourth place, and you put Him there as a believer, and your life will be miserable. Miserable. You can say what you want and think that all those things are going to bring you happiness. You're going to go out and buy that, uh, I just saw a guy in Nick's shop this week, $100,000 Dodge Challenger Hellcat sitting in there and twisted a shaft, and now the car don't run. Things like that happen, and, and it's not, that doesn't bring you much happiness, especially when he's probably making about a $1,200 a month payment for the rest of his life. And now he's going to have to take it back in. And and I'm just saying that that what kind of house do you want? Do you want that? Well, there's the the world will be happy to set you up. And they they'll get you lined out real quick and 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 we see that and it's easy to to just not make God the priority and just get caught up. And look, this is a remembrance. I'm telling you that this can happen to believers. As quickly as it happens, to unbelievers. I've seen preachers get caught up in these things, and, and they end up. You know, I I I know a preacher that has twenty some rental houses, and what does he do all all summer long? He's out mowing the grass. He's out there maintaining the houses. When is he ever studying, and when is he ever pastoring? I mean, he only has so many hours in the day. Are are those things really going to matter in the eternity? Uh, is God going to Bring him and and hey maybe he's better than me and maybe he can time do to, do things better than me but I can guarantee you that God isn't going when you enter into heaven he's not going to say you know what you painted really good you really took care of your rental houses and so we we just need to be careful so I I use a preacher as an example because it can happen to any of us and and let's let's regroup if you want the chaos it's there you can have it. But it'll be chaos, and it'll never be blessed of God. There's also a rebellious house. I think this happens far more than we want to consider. When we give thought to a rebellious house, go back uh, back into the major prophets. So you have Isaiah, then Jeremiah, and then you have lamentations, and then you have Ezekiel. And Ezekiel chapter 12 and verse 2, verses 1 and 2. And Ezekiel writes, The word of the Lord also came unto me, saying, Son of man, thou dwellest in the midst of a rebellious house, which have eyes to see and see not, they have ears to hear and hear not, for they are a rebellious house. When I think about a rebellious house, I think of one that is full of anger one that's full of hatred, one that is full of secrets. People are hiding things that they shouldn't. Men might be hiding things from their wives. Wives are hiding things from their husbands. Children are hiding things from their parents. There's a loneliness because everybody's busy. And so they're not doing what it is that God is wanting them to do and live the way that they should be living and you know what it brings about it brings about a horrible loneliness why why in the world do you think that so often we have marriages that fall apart because of adultery because one of the one of the spouses say that they're lonely they feel like they're they are not thought of by their own spouse and all kinds of of different things but loneliness is one of them there's the hypocrisy you know, I, I um, was asked this question, Teresa and I were sitting down with uh, some of Nathan's family after the graduation yesterday, and, and, and the, the, the question was posed, um, so your kids are grown, and right now they're all serving the Lord, what's the secret? I don't know. God's grace, God's goodness, I'm thankful that they are. Maybe they're scared that I might put a big knot on their head if they go a different direction. But ultimately, you guys know, they're adults. They can do what they want. And I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that God is a priority in their lives. But I also give thought, maybe, maybe it's them that we should ask. And, and I, I think that, that a big part of this is that there, there is a transparency with, that we ought to have in our homes, I mean, there were times where I got pretty angry at them and later had to apologize. I probably should have done it more often than I did, but there were many times where I let them know I'm real, okay, and I fail just like you do and lose my temper and say things or do things that that I shouldn't do and and uh you know and you go and you seek forgiveness from them and and you expect the same from them you don't uh, I think there's a hypocrisy in the ministry where where the the pastor is thre- threatening their kids before they come in the church and you guys are going to sit there and you're going to act like little minions and and you're going to behave yourself and you're not going to do anything wrong and and you're not going to act like kids you're going to act like the pastor's kids. And you're going to be this perfect little child and I never expected that. And I and I never I never intended for them to think that. Now if they misbehave, yeah, I I, I stopped them. There were several times, seemed like mostly with Kareth. It was like, Kareth, you're going to sit there and you're going to be good. And that always helped. When there was a crowd, her face would get red. Her eyes would throw fire. But she'd get over it. And, and now, you know what's great? Is she calls me working with these teams and she's like, Dad, I just... I just want to take them out and put them in a box and seal it up with duct tape. It's like, well, you're getting what you dosed out, and so enjoy it. But I think that that there's a there's a a hypocrisy in our homes that that and then that pastor who makes all his kids sit there like those little minions and then he gets out and he talks like the devil and he acts like the devil and he treats them like the devil and he and he treats his wife horribly and. And, and, and he's a different person than he is in the pulpit, and we just can't do that. You need to be, as a dad, you need to be the same kind of person when you're out at work as you are at home, will you treat your wife, will you treat your children. Nothing changes. They'll all be the same. Be the same kind. Of, be the person that God wants you to be. Yes, you are a work in progress, and yes, God is doing things in your life, and yes, there are times when You are going to make a mistake or you are going to react in a wrong way and you seek forgiveness and you move on. But don't play the hypocrite because all that does is breed a rebellious home. And let us be careful with that and and no hypocrisy, no jealousy. You you couldn't believe. I I wrote jealousy and competition, both. You, You wouldn't believe how many times I have counseled couples where in a marriage, it's a competition. And if one excels in something, the other one is jealous of them, and they need to, to excel in their own life and in whatever it is that they're doing. If the husband is excelling in their career, then the wife needs to, thinks that she needs to excel in her career. Or I, I, don't, I don't care what it is. Whatever uh, one is excelling in, the other one thinks they need to do better, and their marriage becomes a competition. And then you also have the jealousy of, of your children and, and vying for attention. And, and when you're busy all the time in the luxurious home and living in that luxurious house, then your children then, what little time you have, the children and your, and your wife or your husband, they are, they are, what are they doing? They're competing then for your attention. And when they don't get your attention, then there's a jealousy. I mean, it's such a vicious cycle, and, and we can get so caught up in this. And let us be careful with this, the jealousy, the, the competition. And then with that competition and jealousy and lowliness and hypocrisy, we see immorality. You know what we need to do every once in a while? And I haven't done this, and I should. But we need to go. Dr. Childs used to teach this at school. Sometimes you need to go through and sweep your house and go into every room, and look around in your room, and ask ask God to show you, and you keep looking, is there anything ungodly in this room? If there is, get rid of it. Is there anything in this room that would cause me to stumble, or that is causing me to stumble, and get rid of it. Go to the next room. Ask the Lord to bless your house. Ask the Lord to, to use your home to bring honor and glory to Him, and and get rid of the shame and the filth and the, and the disgusting things that, that might be in there and, and, and get rid of that and, and quit letting it be a closet of deception and make it a closet of prayer. And make sure that your home is not one that is full of immorality. Make sure your family is not a family of immorality Hey, kids, if, you're, if your parents are checking your phones, you ought to be grateful that you have a parent that loves you enough to do that. And if you're a parent that doesn't do that, you need to do that. Stop using the excuse that you want to give them their freedom. All it is is laziness, and, it, and you're, you are allowing your children to, to be playing with something that could be devastating for the rest of their lives. Be involved. And if they get mad, so be it. It's okay. They'll appreciate it one day. And so you'd need to be their parent. And keep out that immorality as much as you possibly can. Let your home not be a rebellious home, but rather let it be a place of sanctuary where everybody can come in and they sit down and they're away from the filth of the world and, and they have a mom that loves a dad, a dad that loves a mom parents that love the children and it's a place of peace and it's not a place of chaos but it's a place where everybody can rest and 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 truly be rejuvenated in in knowing that hey god is first and and we need to be reminded of this and 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 let's get back to the basics of what is going to make us that that righteous home that god is talking about and so the the sadness and no faith I mean, with no faith, is an ungodliness and carnality, and we just need to stop that. That's a rebellious house, but let's think about here, it says, in the house of the righteous. Well, who are the righteous? The righteous are those who are justified. By being justified, you've been declared righteous. You are declared righteous through the blood of Christ. You know Christ is your Savior, Right? So you know him as your savior then what what is the first priority you have is that you make sure and and you don't quit working on it until you see all of your family come to trust Christ as their savior. Making sure that your your wife or your husband knows Christ and if they don't you pray for them and you're on your knees and you're begging God and and you're living in a way that will always point them to Christ then and you never give up and you never stop until each one has trusted Christ. And I'm telling you, you guys know this, many of you, there is nothing better than when your child comes to you and wakes you up out of bed and 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 is convicted and, and wants to trust Christ and right there at the bedside prays and ask Christ to be their savior. Nothing better than that. You know that they're saved and you know that they're on their way to heaven, and 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 so you live a life that that is justified and and you are it's righteous, not in your own righteousness, but it's in the righteousness of Christ. You know what? even if you are even if you are your kids are grown and it's just the two of you, it still needs to be a righteous home. Maybe you're a widow or a widower. you know what? Your home still needs to be a righteous home. and it needs to be one that represents Christ and Represents his goodness and his righteousness. And, and it ought to be a place of respite where people can come in and, and, and out of the warfare. And, and it's a place where, where they can, it's an oasis where they can rest. And, and it's a place that has a fear of God. And in that, Dad, you need to be the spiritual leader. Remember what, I always go back to this, but God said this about, about Abraham in Genesis 18, 19, he said, For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord, to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. Guys, you need to be the spiritual leader of your home. I, I'll, I, I, I'll admit, I we were one of those chaotic homes. We lived 17 miles away from the school I went to, and uh, I was involved in everything, and I mean, we were, you know, basketball, baseball, a, a marching band, which was very good at that time. So we practiced a couple nights a week in band. We had uh, other, you know, football, and uh, I mean, everything is going on. In National Honor Society, all the different things that keep all of your attention, and and, and so you you evenings you ate a lot of times at Dairy Queen or. Wherever and and or you get home late and eat something late and you're you're eating while you're watching TV and that's a rule I have and very very seldom do we ever break it. There, there's no stinking TV on when we're eating, and we sit at the table and we talk and 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 now you know you enjoy it when the kids come over and we do the same thing still and and Teresa and I some of the favorite times that I have now is. In the mornings, we eat a late breakfast after the devotion on Facebook. Then I uh, I fix her breakfast, and we sit down and we eat, and we pray for our kids every morning and start the day in righteousness and start the day in the fear of God. And, and Dad, you, you might be saying, well, I've never done that. Well, start doing it. Well, it's going to feel weird. Yeah, it will. Your kids are going to look at you like you're weird too. But it's okay. I'll never forget when I started dating Teresa that, I was over there the first time for dinner, and and we sit down and we eat, and I'm like, wow, this is cool, you know. We get done eating, and nobody gets up. And I'm like, and then Bob pulls out the Bible, and he reads. And they discuss it a little bit, and then he prays. And every time they did that. Every time they did that. Every time they did that. And then when I was married, and and we would go, and we would stay with them, You could wake up early and by 5 o'clock in the morning, Bob was sitting in his little office that he had reading and studying the Bible every day. He did that. Still does. Doesn't get up quite as early. He's retired now. But he still does it. And so men set the example. That's what the kind of home that you want a righteous house, then be the spiritual leader, one who loves God. One who loves his wife, one who loves his children, one who guards his wife, one who protects his children, physical, spiritual, and mental. Well, I, I, what I see today, parents, I hope you understand the impact that you have on your children, whether it be positive or negative. And when they're little, they are, they, they are so easily conformed. And so be careful and be be biblical and cautious and loving with your children in the way that God would want you to be. Sweep the house looking for infiltrations that have come in. And and yeah, in that, sweep all all of the electronics that is in the entire house. Make sure and check them and lead transparently. Let them know when you fail. Apologize when you do wrong. And then the, the, the mom, you, know, you think of that righteous house. I, I read in Titus chapter 2, if you want to follow me over to the New Testament, to Titus. In Titus chapter 2, it tells us, first of all, the aged women. Now, I'm looking out here, and I'm not going to tell you who the aged women are, right? You're just going to figure it out, all right? You can put yourself in that category if you want to, all right? But the aged women, likewise that they be in behavior is becometh holiness. So it doesn't matter how old you get, you never have a right to be unholy. You need to be an example of holiness and not false accusers and not given to much wine, but teachers of good things. And who is it that you're teaching that they may teach the young women? Look, so so often we have... We we have people in our church and the elderly who think that oh, there's just nothing I can do. Yes, there is. There are lots of things that you can do. You can pray until you die. You can you can be bedridden and still pray. You you if you have the ability to get up and you have the ability, you're here tonight. You have the ability to set an example to the young ladies on how to be a godly woman. And so be the example that God wants you to be and. And know that hey, I'm praise the Lord you're here. i, I the, a pastor that that is only looking for a certain uh, 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 a group of people for the church is a moron. He is. I mean, I have seen You know, I heard people. I heard of a guy starting a church one time, and 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 you know, he spent all his time preparing to build this church, and he's going to start this church, and, and he wants to go into this one area of the city because it's more the middle income and, and that's who he wants to go after. and you, you know what? Why don't you just go somewhere and, and go in the middle of that city and, and, I don't know, get a storefront somewhere and preach the gospel and love the people and let God build the church. Pretty simple in my mind. And, and you take whoever it is that God gives you. And the, the, the elderly that we have, you are always welcome here. And I am thankful you have a job that don't just sit there. As my grandma would say, don't sit there like a bump on the log. Get busy. That they may teach the young women to be sober. To, to have the right kind of thinking. Sober-minded. And yeah, stay out of this thinking alcohol. To love their husbands. Uh-oh. Now I know it's not agape, but it, you know what it means? To be affectionate. To have a loving disposition. Give your husband a reason to want to come home and not want to stay away. i I It's a good thing. That's the kind of home we want, right? To love their children. You know why I, I know that um, I don't I'm not trying to embarrass you. I know Kinsey has moved a long ways from home. And I'm sure that there's some homesickness that comes and goes. And Gary Norris told me this a long time ago um, when we dropped Tyler off at college, and that was tough. And then Thane, we dropped him off at school. Then we dropped Kareth off at school. Then I saw that punk take Kareth and Holler all the way to Alabama. And that's still hard. And there are sad times with that. You know he said, he said, when when I he, he told me, he said, when I see somebody that gets homesick, it tells me that they had a good home. And there was something there to miss. And that's a good thing. Homesickness isn't so bad. And so be grateful that you have a place that makes you homesick. You know, there's too many people that I heard a young man just tell me this the other day. I am ready to get out of here. I don't know for sure what he means by that, but it just kind of saddens me. I think that it our home ought to be a wonderful place that people hate to leave. And so, Mom, be holy. Be a woman of truth and be sober. Be teachers of good things. Love your husband. Love your children. Be of self-control, as it says, that the Word of God be not uh uh blaspheme be pure watch the home guard the home be good be subordinate and humble to your husband and and follow the scripture and you'll have the righteous home that god is talking about and kids psalm 127 verses 3 through 5 and ephesians 6 verses 1 through 3 children you first of all you're a gift from god It doesn't mean that you are mine forever You are a gift that God has given me, and I am to raise you in the nurture and admonition of the Lord to prepare you to go serve Him. And then get out and go serve Him. And parents, you need to understand that. You have your kids for a little while. You have a responsibility. Teach them how to serve God. You don't have to teach them how to serve the world. The devil is out there. He does a fine job at doing those things. And, and you don't need to equip them to, to be successful in this world. You need to teach them how to be successful in walking with God every day. That is your job. And if we fail in that job, then we fail as a parent. And so we can take all of the secular organizations that are out there, and I'm not saying that they're all bad, and they can teach you they, they can teach you some principles and they can teach you some character, but none of those, those worldly organizations teach you how to live for God. The home is the one that does that. You as a parent are the one that needs to do that. The church then reinforces that. The pastor helps you with that and encourages you in that, but it is your job to raise your children, nobody else's. And This stinking government is very happy to raise your children to be unbelieving, reprobates who hate God. And that's not at all what we want in our home. And so guard that and protect that and children know that you're a gift but you your parents have a responsibility to be your parent and raise you under the direction of the scripture and that might mean that you are not going to get everything that you want and life is full of disappointments get used to it at an early age and obey your children obey your parents yeah many obey your children that's the philosophy of the day, let them have whatever little Johnny wants. You know what? Little Johnny can go throw the fit in Walmart, but oh, he gonna get it when he gets out of there, and it ain't a sucker. <clears throat> so, let us be careful. But children, you know what? He, you know what God says? He says you're an arrow, and you're a support to your family, and that the one that is godly, that that you will you you will stand at the gate for your parents and be obedient you know it also tells us if you're obedient you'll live longer so have the healthy attitude right so then we go back and we finish it up real quick here Proverbs 15 verse 6 in the house of the righteous is much treasure much treasure. We have the righteous walk. We'll have a rewarding marriage and we'll have a reverent family. Now, I know that sometimes these our, our children will take a different path and but if you've done what you needed to do, you can pray for them. God will always be bringing that back to their minds. He'll always be reminding them of what they ought to do and you never give up on them and god can bring them back where they need to be if your children are still at home right now then there's still there's still uh, hope for you do it right just do it the way that god wants you to do it and and stay away from the the craziness that this world is trying to tempt us in how we ought to raise our children and how we are to behave as a husband, and how we are to behave as a wife. Let us be what it is that God wants us to be. And then we find that in the house of the righteous is much treasure. You, you sit back, and then you can see and know that there is nothing better. I had a gentleman yesterday tell me this. We were, we were at uh, JB's uh, graduation party and uh, this gentleman has, uh, I think he has one of the dairies here uh, in the area. And he told me, he, and doesn't come to church here, praise the Lord. I'm, I'm glad there's other solid characters out there. And he told me, he said, Pastor, he said, one thing in my life is truly the only thing that I really care about, that my children and all my grandchildren know Jesus Christ as their Savior. He said, that's the most important thing in my life is to make certain that they know Christ. You know, the best way to do that is have a righteous home. Have a place where those children can come in and they can see the consistency in your walk, the example that you have as a, as a spiritual leader, as loving, your hus- as loving your wife, as loving your husband, loving your children, a place where they can come and know that you truly do want the best for them, and the best for them is what God wants for them. And you just, see, you just see God's blessings. You have God's help. The Holy Spirit strengthens you and gives you wisdom. And you truly have the peaceful home that God wants us to have. I, I understand that now that my kids are gone. I, I wish I could have had somebody preach this to me when our kids were little. And I tried and tried to do the right thing along the way, but it's just good to be reminded, isn't it? So let's have the righteous home that will honor and please God and God bless each and every one of you as you strive to serve him in being what God wants you to be. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word, and I pray that you will continue to bless and guide us. Help us. Help us to be the examples that we need to be Help us to live and and have wisdom and know how to deal with the issues that come up with with our marriages, with our families. And now, Lord, we will bring honor and glory to you in all that we do. Lord, we want much treasure. And I pray that you help us, guide us and strengthen our families. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.